and welcome to Sound Treasures. I'm your host, Nell J. Come on in the room. This is my story. It's a continuation of the morning, the beginning. And I'm rolling on over. I, I, I rolled on over into um, the noonday with my uh, junior high years, senior years, because even in my junior high years, I was still um, not doing the right thing in some areas. Matter of fact, I failed in junior high. I didn't do anything in junior high. I have no clue as to what happened that particular year. Why I, oh my gosh, I think I had all D's and one F. And and uh, that's when my mom really um, kind of figured out that, you know, hey, because she had te- you were well, back then you have teachers that knew your parents and all that good stuff. And of course, I had some in there that knew knew my mom, um, my math teacher. It's not that I was um, not smart. I just didn't apply myself. For whatever reason, I did not apply myself. So I ended up repeating the seventh grade and got through the seventh grade. And I told in the eighth grade and um, the ninth grade. And all through these years, I was just, just kind of nonchalant just going along, you know, doing whatever, playing sports. I was really good at sports. Um, and actually, I played them to get out of the house because, see, my mom, you know, we we weren't able to go a lot of places or do a lot of things. So in order for me to go um, some places like my old school dances and things like that, I played sports, and I was actually pretty decent at it. Um I played a little softball, basketball, ran track, so it was just multi sports, and I, and I like I said I was I was pretty decent, decent enough to make the team. Um, basketball, I rode the bench a lot. <laughs> you know that was my that was my position on the bench. Um, but softball, uh, I was decent actually. Um, loved softball. I would have loved to. To play soccer, if that had been a part of the part of the um, sports activity, but we didn't have a soccer team. I love soccer, but all through once I got through the transitioning phase of of changing my behavior, because only we can change our behavior, no one else can. I moved on to. Um, well, I almost failed. I almost didn't graduate because, like I said, we didn't get to do a lot of things. My mom was a, a dictator, and um, and I had these people that were, like, skipping school, and they would talk about how much fun it was, and I just felt like I wasn't having any fun. Uh, even with playing the sports and stuff, I still felt like I wasn't having fun. felt like I wasn't doing the things that other people other, um, 
my peers were allowed to do, that their parents were allowing them to do, go places. Even though I did go to a few dances, it just wasn't enough. I wanted to do what they were doing. I wanted to, to hang out and skip school. I know, right? Yeah, right. All of that. Skip school. It sounded like it was fun. And that's when they had invented the um, in-house suspension. Well, yes, yeah, way back then, in-house suspension. And um, so I, I skipped class one day. I skipped, I skipped. And and just so my mom wouldn't find out about it, um, I opted for in-house suspension. That was the worst, one of the worst experiences I ever had. Because the lady they had, that's that was her job. She came to school every day. She ran the in-house suspension. And she was no joke. I don't care who you was, black, blue, green, or purple. You talk trash to her, she was going to talk trash to you. And they loved her because she didn't take any smack from anyone. They absolutely loved her. Those habitual people that lived in in-house suspension, uh, when they weren't in in-house suspension, that you know, they talked to her um, nicely, but they loved her because she she wasn't taking any any flack from them. But it's one of the worst experiences I had. They were like bathroom stalls. You were in bathroom, what I call bathroom stalls. You you know, like you go in the bathroom, you close the door. That's what they had you in little stalls like that, and you just sat in there the whole time and did your homework. And when you finished your homework, you could go to sleep. That was the worst, the worst experience. I'm like, why in the world would anyone want to continuously be in that type of environment? And it's because they don't know the work. A lot of these children I hear are not bad students. They just don't know the material. So in order to not uh, be made fun of by their peers, they will opt to be a bad student because they don't want to get that, re uh, get that rejection from their peers. So parents, check your students. Check the grades. Make sure that they know the information. They're being labeled bad. And they're not really bad, but they do things to get out of it so they don't have to face a rejection from their peers. So check on your students. Ask them every day what they're doing. Ask them what they went over. Have them to show that be involved in their lives because there's going to come a time when they, don't, they will not want you in their lives. And it's not a bad thing. It's just they growing up. But make sure you're checking because all these labels they're putting on our children don't have to be. And those labels follow them. Follow them all the way through. And if they hear it enough, they will begin to act like it. So make sure that you're not labeling them yourselves. Label if. And if you are labeling them, label them something good. Let them know that they are important. Let them know that they're loved. Let them know that you care about uh, what they care about. Let them know that there are boundaries that they and that they have to that are set 
the boundaries are set because there are boundaries when you get out in the world. Let them know that there are consequences to every action. But you want the consequences to be good, not bad. So don't label them those things. Oh, they're they going to be... Um, one of the labels my mom gave me was, the more I try to teach you, the dumber you get. Now, and I'll, and I'll say it again, I don't say that to belittle her, because my mama was brilliant. My mama loved us. My mama left an inheritance for her children's children. She did. My mama raised six children on her own. So I don't say that to belittle her or anything. It was just the way she was raised. She didn't transition from that. And it took me a while to, to understand that. And I miss her dearly. Would love for her to be here so I could be more, um, uh, what is the word I want? To be more um, patient would be a better word, patient with her. But that was, you know, that was one of the labels she did. Yes, it had an effect on me. Yes, it had an effect on my self-esteem, all of that. But I can't blame her for what happened to me because she raised us and I knew right from wrong. So the decisions I made, the decisions you make, you make them. You know right from wrong. I knew right from wrong. And again, I'll say it. If you believe whatever you think you wasn't getting at home from your mom and dad, the Lord puts people in your path to give it to you. He did for me. The problem is we don't want it half the time from the ones he bring in our lives to give it to us. We want it from who we want it from, and rightfully so. I understand that, but it's an opportunity for you to change. It's an opportunity for you to move out of that uh, pity pity party party that you have for yourself. It was an opportunity when he sent that angel for me in the, in the seventh and eighth grade. It was up to me to take what she said and transition from being that bad person into the good person that I knew that was in there, that I wanted to, but I just didn't know how to and save face. But I couldn't, and I, I couldn't save face and still, and still do the same thing and be different. I, I had to change. I had to do something different. You're going to have to do something different. And know when you do something different, you're not alone. You're never alone. No matter how much it might feel that way, you're never alone. So when I, in my um, senior year, like I said, that's when I I, that's when I almost failed and I had to get it together because in my senior year they were just introducing computers we had typewriters yes that's how long ago it's been um, we had typewriters so I almost failed I almost didn't graduate that would be totally unacceptable 
in my household. Totally unacceptable. Because um, my mom was all about education. As a matter of fact, she didn't. She went back to get her GED because she didn't finish school. So she went back to get her GED. She also took a couple of courses in uh, out of automotive because when she would go to the uh, to, to the mechanics to get a car fixed, you know, of course, they, being a woman, they think you didn't know anything. So she got tired of them trying to, you know, um, I guess, take her money and not fix her car. So she wanted to make sure she spoke intelligently and they just couldn't tell her anything. So she took a little automotive class so she could know something about cars. So she was all about education. And if things had gone differently for her, she would have, I'm sure she would have went further than that. But again, she had children and she took responsibility for those children to make sure that we had what we needed. Not everything that we wanted, but what we needed. That was her way of, of showing love. It wasn't the hugs and kisses and things that I so desired that I seen other other um, my other peers might have had or whatever, but she showed it in different ways. And I and by food, clothes, housing, you know, we never missed any of that. I remember my mom um, before they actually diagnosed her with multiple sclerosis. She had lost her sight a couple of times, and the Lord gave it back to her. But I remember the last, uh, so when I was in high school, um, she, I remember um, they used to carpool. In this particular week, she was carpooling with someone. And she um, opted to walk home. So it was uh, from a, not all the way from where she worked at, but from a, a place. She walked, she uh, got out and she walked. And I guess it would have been, I guess maybe a mile. I guess maybe a mile, mile and a half, something of that nature. And that was the last time she walked physically. Because from that point on, uh, she was bedridden. That was my senior year. I was graduating. So she was she wasn't able to walk due to multiple sclerosis. So that was my excuse um, for not going to for not going to school. That was my excuse for not going to college. Had she known that I had a scholarship that I didn't even know I had, it was my nephew who told me years and years and I mean years later that I had a scholarship, a softball scholarship. Um then she would have she would have said go. She would not have allowed me to stay there had she known. But then you have people back then, and I don't know if they do it now, they make decisions for you, thinking they're doing the right thing. Because um, people still knew her, and, and I'm talking about in the educational field. There were people that knew her, and knew the condition she was in. And I guess passed it along to someone else because they felt like, 
I didn't need to, to go because she was in that condition. But they obviously didn't know my mom either. If they did, they would have known that she would have would have um, said go, because education is a, a huge was a huge thing for her. But um, he's still faithful. My father's still faithful. And um, she was. She never walked again in those five. That was 1981 I graduated. She died in 1985. And um, so for those, for those years, um, that was really a rough season. Um, prior to all of that, I used to live in the church, kind of, sort of. Uh, there was a, a revival going on, It was, and it was three churches that I went to. There was the one that was right across the street, which, you know, we just walk across there. But it, then there were two other ones, that, which were uh, Pentecostal Holiness Church. So I was kind of sort of raised up into the, uh, in the Pentecostal Holiness atmosphere. So the speaking in tongues and all of that was nothing new to me. Uh, my spiritual mother stayed behind me. She was a uh, uh, a pastor, and that's all she talked about was the Lord. She ate, slept, and breathed the Lord. Her conversation never swayed from him. It was always about him. She was always watching the television. She was always doing these things. When I met her, she was in her older age now, but... Uh, she had kind of ceased to um, to travel like she did because her knees were bad. But she was very instrumental. I would always sometimes go down there and, and have her to pray for me a lot of times. But um, it was a, a difficult season those five years when my mom was sick. It was a difficult season. It was really difficult for her because she was so used to doing for herself and um, she was unable to do for herself and that didn't help our relationship because I was bent on getting out of there because you couldn't do anything. It was her her house, her rules, whatever she said goes. And I don't care who you were, you stepped in her house, you either abide or you get out. She ran her house. It was her house and that, and you're going to do what she said, regardless of who you are. It didn't matter because it was her home, um, her house. Um, so it was, it was, that was rough being there. It was um, not as rough as I learned later on. You know, you learn things. You, you you don't really as a as a child or a person growing up in in your home you never see the behind the scenes things the the little stuff that you take for granted the, you know the toothpaste the soap the tissue paper the food all of that stuff that you have to get because you're not getting it they're getting it so you have no idea what it costs you have no idea what they have to do to get it you have no idea until you have to get out there and do it on your own. So, 
was um, it was a trying time. So next time, um, the day she the the not the day she died, but the day we put her in the ground or when she was buried, that was one of the worst days of my life and I'll share with you again on the next episode of Sound Treasures. I'm your host, Nell J. See you soon. Thank you.